And thank you so much. Well, I can't tell you what a pleasure it is to have been picked to preach on this passage. Um, oh, <laughs> let's go. Um, right. Seek the Lord. Seek the Lord, all you humble of the land. You who do what he commands, seek righteousness, seek humility. Perhaps you will be sheltered on the day of the Lord's anger. Uh, if you're like me, a question you might well be asking, and with good reason, uh, after hearing this passage is, why does God have to be so mean? Why does God have to be so angry? Why does he do and promise that he's going to do these horrible, horrible things? Can't he just be nice? I'm doing my best, Lord. Don't you love us? Don't you love us? And often I'll ask that question if I hear a passage like this and I'll be confused and ask again, Lord, don't you love us? And then often a day or two later, uh, something will happen that will make me upset or angry, possibly. Something or someone will do something. And, uh, and I'll ask a different set of questions. For me, for some reason, I read the news and... Um, Corrupt politicians is just something that gets me, like, really bad. It really annoys me. You know, when something just gets to you, you you'll have your own thing, probably. Um, but something that just makes you just go, this is such an awful thing. Um, you know, corrupt politicians, for me, might be human trafficking, I find, just, like, also awful. Domestic abuse. You know, bullies. Straight up, just bullies. Something that makes you really angry. And instead of asking, Lord, don't you love us? Can't you be nice? You might start saying, why doesn't the Lord do something? Lord, can't you come and stop them? Lord, can't you take away their power and let justice be done for their crimes? Why don't you come and sort this out? Come and sort this out. That is the message that Zephaniah is trying to uh, get across in his book. He's trying to get us to, he's trying to unify these two messages. God loves is it true that God loves us? And Lord, would you come and sort this out? Make it right. Fix it. It's wrong. We know it's wrong. It makes clear that God's answer to that question, why don't you come and sort this out, is this. I am coming. I am coming. We've just read this passage. The Lord is pouring out the justice for crimes. So it's an encouraging word. Fundamentally, it's an encouraging word. It means that God has heard your cry. It means he's seen your suffering, seen your pain, seen the evil that has, been, has made it so, and he's coming to sort it out. He's already on the move. Let's see exactly what that's going to look like. I'm just going to fly through this passage nice and quick. You can go with me if you want. Uh, what does it mean that the Lord's going to come and sort this out, all this evil, this corruption? Okay, verse 4, we see that Gaza going to be abandoned. Ashkelon, going to be ruined. Ashdod, emptied. Ekron, uprooted. Moab and Ammon will become like the destroyed cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, a place of salt pits, a wasteland forever. Cush will all be slain, and Assyria will be destroyed. And this is what the justice of the Lord looks like. And actually, what would have happened when they read this passage in the, uh, in, the, in the days of Jesus, 2,000 years ago, the Jewish people would have read this and gone, yes, 
Finally, all the evil's going to be sorted out. All the nations that surround us are going to be dealt with and destroyed and put to death where they belong. It's like us saying, finally, the Lord's going to come and the corrupt politicians are going to be put in prison. Finally, the Lord's going to come and the human traffickers who have taken advantage of all these people are going to be put in prison forever. The domestic abusers who make us angry and hurt and all this kind of stuff, they're going to be dealt with. No longer will they be allowed to do this. The bullies in our lives will be put down and humbled finally as the Lord's come. It's a good, good message because it means fundamentally that the Lord cares. He cares. Good little quote. The Lord loves you just as you are, but he loves you too much to leave you that way. He loves us just as we are, just here, right now, but he loves us too much to leave us that way. There has to be something that comes, something that is fixed, something that is put right. And so here we are. We could be cheering along with all this. We could be cheering along saying, finally, the Lord's coming. He's going to put to rights what is so, so wrong. And we didn't read all the way because it was a very long passage. But at the end of this, it just flips into um, Zephaniah chapter 3 here. Zephaniah carries on. And he, you know, he addresses all these nations, Gaza, Ashkelon, Moab, Cush, Assyria. And then he says, Zephaniah 3, chapter one, verse 1. Jerusalem, Jerusalem. And for the Jewish people who read this passage, that was essentially like God saying, all these nations, da, 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 da. And then he was like going, and now, you, you. Because if that's going to happen, and the Lord's going to come and sort this all out, there's going to be a day where all the justice is done, all the evil's taken away, and then... God's going to finish doing that and he's going to turn around looking for anything else that needs to be brought to justice and he'll see you, just you, standing before the judge. And you as well as I, I think we're going to realize more than ever in that moment that the same evil that is in those corrupt politicians, the same evil that is in those traffickers, the abusers and the bullies is in me and is in you as well. Perhaps not as noticeable, perhaps not as public, but the same thing. I've also been corrupt. I've also been cruel. I've also abused. I've also bullied. So what is God going to do with you? This is what Zephaniah says. Woe to the city of oppressors, rebellious and defiled. She obeys no one. She accepts no correction. She doesn't trust the Lord. She doesn't draw near to her God. She obeys no one. She accepts no correction. She doesn't trust the Lord. She doesn't draw near to her God. What can we stand there and say? Is there any way out of this judgment? Remember, we thank the Lord ultimately for the judgment. We don't want to stay like this. We don't want the evil to continue. The judgment is fundamentally good, but when it comes to you, what are you going to say in that moment? Is there any way out, Lord? Is there any escape? Judgment and then mercy. Here's the mercy. Here's the salvation. Zephaniah 2 verse 3, seek the Lord. All you humble of the land, you who do what he commands, 
Seek righteousness. Seek humility. Perhaps you'll be sheltered on the day of the Lord's anger. That's the salvation message. That's the gospel message. In the midst of the oncoming storm that will clear out all the evil, there is a way to be saved. I'm not sure if you, when, when I hear that, that uh, seek, you know, seek the Lord, seek righteousness, seek humility, always echoes in my mind that Jesus passage in Matthew 7, when he explains the gospel in his own way, um, in the Sermon on the Mount, and he gets to this same bit, the salvation message, and he says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. You know, both of those questions we had at the start. Lord, do you love us? And Lord, why don't you come and sort this out? They're answered at one point, And it's that point. I was going to point to that one, but it's sideways. So I'm pointing to that one. Because <laughs> it's in the middle. It's, it's, they come together at that point. At that point. Because at that point, God, do you love me? And God, can you come and sort this out? At that point was where one man, for the first and only time that it could ever have happened, one man who was never corrupt, who was never cruel, who never abused, who never bullied, that man was abandoned. And that man was ruined. That man was emptied. That man was destroyed. And because that one good man took on the punishment of all of the evil, all of the sickness, all of the brokenness, where he took on our abandonment that we deserved, we were adopted. We accepted his adoption. When he took on the ruin that we deserved, we receive his kingdom. When he, took on, when he was emptied, when we should have been emptied, we were filled where he was. Where he was destroyed instead of us, we were made whole. And when he walked out of that grave, we find that God is, a, is indeed a God of justice. But mercy triumphs over judgment. Mercy has triumphed over judgment. All that's left for us to do, very simple really, all that's left for us to do, realize we need it, right? Realize we need it, so God's going to stand there. You're standing in front of him, nothing you can say. Okay, I need mercy. Secondly, ask for it. Thirdly, receive it. It's already paid for, and it's there for the asking. It's there for the receiving. Should we receive it afresh now? Yeah, and as the band come up, yeah, absolutely, let's pray. Let's pray. Let's receive it afresh now. Uh, and if you um, want to receive it for the first time, then that's absolutely wonderful. If you don't know Jesus, then you can pray this prayer with us and invite him into your heart. If that is you, please come chat to me afterwards. I'd love to pray for you personally, hear your story. That would be amazing. But let's pray this prayer now. Lord, we ask you to come and sort this out. We know there's loads and loads of pain and stuff that is awful and wrong and evil in this world. And Lord, we also know that even though it's in the world, so it is in me and in my heart. And I've done the same things and I've been the same way and I've got the same darkness in me. 
Father, I need your mercy. Thank you for making a way. He made a way at the cross for us to come back to him, not just in part, not just slightly, but fully and wholly and forever. And he invites us into that life. Lord, would you please come and fill me afresh with your mercy. I ask for it today. Thank you that it's a free gift. I receive it now. Let's just spend a moment to receive it as the band start to play. Quite proud that the talk was really short. John told me to make it short. I believe that was short. Lord, I just ask your Holy Spirit to come now and just minister in these few moments now that we just give to you. Uh, we open our hearts to you in Jesus' name. And I, I just want to tell a quick, lovely metaphor that I heard, um, which is that um, sailors, uh, even up to today, if they are on the sea and a storm comes and they know they can't outrun the storm, what they'll often do is they'll head right towards the middle of it. And that is because all sailors know that at the center of every storm is the eye of the storm. And at the eye of the storm is actually peace and stillness. And it's slightly counterintuitive, but the storm that is coming that might destroy them, the way to be safe and saved is to head right into the middle of it and be safe in the eye of the storm. And Jesus is the same. Jesus is coming to deal, to deal out his justice. Finally, thankfully, and the way to be safe is to head right to him, right to him. Lord, be the eye in the storm. Thank you for making that way. So Lord, I just pray now that we fill us with your Holy Spirit. Fill us with your mercy. Fill us with our confidence that we are saved and safe in you. You've paid the price, Jesus. You've bought us with this precious, precious blood. We are safe and saved in Jesus' name when we receive you. So Lord, fill us now with your Holy Spirit. Fill us with that confidence as we worship again. In the name of Jesus, amen.